Welcome to Awesome Life. Love you and I, cause I love you so much. Oh, 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 I just love you. I just like help, help. I just like help. I just like you too. I just like you. I, 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 I just love you. Happy New Year! I love you. Say goodbye. You're going to school, and that's okay. Yum 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 yum. I just love you. <sighs> Sorry, guys. Welcome to Road Mapping Your Life with Heather Mahoney. How are you today? Hi. I am doing fantastic. How are you? Oh, good. We just cel- our show ran a little bit over because we celebrated the 51st anniversary of the Golden Roll Society with our Monday, our Friday host, and it's one of the oldest living non-for-profit organizations still into business today. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Hi. Yeah. So. <sighs> Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to your live roadmap with me, Heather Mahoney. How are we doing today? It's almost the 4th of July, and that means it's time for firecrackers, barbecue, long drives, picnics, the beach. Sounds pretty good, right? These are all little road trip items that we could But today, we have a fantastic fantastic, amazing caller. Her name is Kyle Collinsworth. And Kyle has a story to tell us that will completely get you going on your roadmap if you've had any hesitations to get started. Kyle is going to give us some clues of how she got started on her roadmap journey. So Kyle, are you here today? Yes. Hi, Heather. I am. Great to be with you. It's great to be with you, and thank you for jumping in. I totally appreciate it. So we're just going to dive right into the road trip here, and you were telling me that you made a shift about months ago. You want to tell me a little bit more, more about that? Absolutely. Yeah. We, I, my husband and I did make a very radical, very big life shift back in October of last year when we came to the point where we realized the life we had created in Los Angeles was not working for us. I mean, everything about it, it was, it was just an utter whirlwind of stress. Um, we had the best laid plans a few years earlier, and then COVID and all the things, as we all experienced, kind of happened. And it just came to a, a grinding halt and realized that um, we were, were not happy and that we needed to basically reorganize and reinvent our entire lives. So we did make that decision, and (laughs) we decided to sell the house that we had only purchased three years earlier and sell about two-thirds of our belongings and leave what was familiar to us, our many, many friends there, um, our connections there, our family, and just head out into the world and figure out where was our next home. Um, we didn't know where we were going to (laughs) go. That sounds true. But if I could just roll reverse just a little bit, what, I know you said COVID was part of it, but 
what was the tipping point of that decision? What led you to that decision? What happened? Well, the tipping point for me personally, I'll just I'll go just straight to myself because I feel like I'm at the core of this. I had to come to terms with the fact that I was living in a complete state of fear. I was living in a complete scarcity mindset, and I had created a life where I had to constantly be hustling, constantly be working, always under stress. And it got to the point where I looked in the mirror one day and I thought, "Girl, you're not gonna you're not gonna live a very long life like this. You're not happy." You're spending all of your time in front of the computer working, trying to maintain this life that you've created, and you're not, you're not enjoying it. And I, I really understood that my mental health and my physical health and my emotional well-being were, were at stake. And I also had to take responsibility for the fact that I was the one who created this, and I was the only one who could change it. And that's, that was the breaking point. It was, either, it was either keep doing what I was doing, understanding that I was going down a very dark hole, or to stop and have the courage to face that and to be willing to let go of everything. Well, Kyle, I totally applaud you for coming to that point in the sand where you realized what was going on in your car. I'm going to say car instead of your mind. Uh And made that decision because for me, the decision was, thrust upon me when my now ex-husband came in and says, can we talk? And I'm saying, sure, we can talk. What's on your mind? And he said, I file for divorce and you'll be served next week. And wow. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> whoa, wait a minute. That's not how I, I pictured um, driving down the road in my little uh, sedan vehicle here. <laughs> I completely changed my driving route and where I was going. So um, you made the decision and you sold and packed and left. So where else did this road take you? I'm sorry, can you repeat that last question? Where else did the road take you after you sold and packed and did everything else? Yeah, I mean, that was a huge undertaking, obviously. And so over the course of a few months, we, we just sold and gave away and packed and did all the things. We actually sold my car. We bought a truck and a trailer, and we hit the road with the intention of going nomadic for a while until we knew where we wanted to land, because at that point, we had no real plan. And that was the boldest part of this whole move. Um, I'd always known what I was doing. I knew where I was going. I had my road map. I had my car pointed in the direction that I knew that I wanted to go. And at this point, I kind of just let go of the wheel. And we only scheduled one place at a time. We actually left the city and we went out to the desert for the first few months. And in those first few months, we did a lot of soul searching and a lot of healing and a lot of asking the tough questions about what does life look like now? What do we want to create? Where do we want to drive to? And, and, and how does that drive look? So and what so was, um, we oh, – go ahead. Now I was going to say, so tell me about some of the, the specific roads and avenues that you encountered. Right. Um, well, one of the many ones that we that I personally encountered was I had to really confront a lot of the old beliefs and the old ways of being that I had. Um, I came from a very, very traumatic background, uh, starting in early childhood and going through well into adulthood. And I had I had shaped and allowed that I'd allowed that to shape my beliefs about myself and what was possible for my life. And I allowed it to color my view of the world in my life. And so I had to be willing to to cruise toward 
the fact that none of that was true, none of that was real, none of that was working for me. And so I did a lot of work in terms of, oh, I did everything from talk therapy to tapping to working with shamans to doing incredible amounts of reading. And, and, and that started to reveal to me what really mattered and what was important and what I needed to let go of in order to be able to move forward and to live a freer life where I was actually more self-expressed and less trapped, less, less of a feeling of being trapped. And so I don't think I could have done that work or seen any of that clearly had I not stepped out of my life entirely as it was. That's pretty amazing. So uh, what did you learn in terms of what mattered most to you on, on your road trip? I can tell you the first thing that comes to mind as you're asking, that is me. I matter most to me now. And I realized in all of my discovery that I had been putting myself at the back of the line my whole life and putting my own needs at the back. And it was starting to really build up on me. And so what's become crystal clear to me is that radical self-love and taking care of my own needs first before anything else in the world is the only way forward. That's the biggest piece. That's so true. But one of the things that I stress on my road um, roadmap map is to align your three voices. And for me, the three voices are the voice of the head, which is full of false beliefs, ideas, and concepts. Then the voice of your heart that feels the truth. It feels the authentic self. It feels the honesty within you. And how you broadcast that through the public voice of your mouth. And when you align all three, and I'm, and I'm hearing that Kyle herself aligned her three voices to become her authentic true self. Is that true? That's right. That's right. In fact, it's interesting. I've recently been reflected. I've had reflected to me by a number of people who've watched me on my journey that I, I seem to be more in alignment with who I am now than they've ever experienced me. And that's correct. I am. And I think that that's huge, largely in part, to turning all of the attention that I was, I was casting out in every direction back on myself and starting with me. And I think that's where we can gain the most clarity and the most power and the most trajectory. But there's one thing I, I want my audience to know as you listen to this is that a lot of the work you did internally, but... Um, you said on your road trip you had your husband as your partner. How did he help out? Um, well, he's a pretty extraordinary human being, um, and he had a lot of growing that he needed to do as well. Um, and so a lot of what we did together was a lot of processing with each other and taking each other to task and holding each other accountable for sort of getting really radically honest with each other and with ourselves. And, and just reflecting back and forth to each other, like, this is, this is feeling good. This isn't feeling like it's working. This feels like the direction. This feels like we need to turn. You know, we need to make a U-turn here. And, and so kind of navigating it together along the way and choosing, choosing together as we went. And, and thank you. And I'm not coaching Kyle in any of these answers, by the way. This, this no. Is our <laughs> because this is what I say. Also, I say in my book, Designing Your Life's Roadmap, is that you can take the journey by yourself, but it's so much easier when you have a partner. And it doesn't have to be your husband per se, but just someone to hold you accountable. Because the one thing that you can't do by yourself, you may 
able to do it, but not as good, is to hold yourself accountable. That's and right. So, My husband. <laughs> go ahead. No, go ahead. Tell me about your husband. I was laughing because I was like, my husband had, my husband came up with the word accountability buddies. And so <laughs> we're each other's accountability buddy. And if we can't do that for each other, then we find an accountability buddy. And it's what you're describing. It's finding someone who's willing to call us out and say, hey, listen, I'm going to keep you on course because you said you meant this and that you wanted it. Right. Sorry to yeah. cut you off. <laughs> and true, true. You know, one of the things I say I worked on is prime, which is we all know that primes mean um, divisible by itself and one. And I was born on the island of Jamaica, and my mom taught me that, hey, you're a single birth child. You don't need anyone to do anything with you or for you. And and I later realized how odd it was that, you know, we immigrated to the United States, a collective of 50 individual states that's one, you know, with one entity. So I I I, I learned the hard way through some very hard lessons, what it means to partner with others and to get an accountability buggy. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, so tell me some more about where, so we talked about some avenues. Let's talk about some bumps along the way because we all experience, um, um, potholes as we go along the road. So where did you hit some potholes? Oh gosh, constantly all the time. Um, whether it was during our journey, uh, one of the, one of the major potholes we hit was we, when we left the state of California, we came to the state of, uh, New Mexico and we had an invitation to stay on a farm with some brand new friends. They were basically strangers, but it was, it seemed like a good opportunity at the time. Um, that was pretty disastrous. We ended up in our trailer with no running water, no power in 11 degree snowstorm, <laughs> wondering what the heck we had done, you know? And, um, so there were physical challenges like that, and, but more, more often than not, um, our partnership is very strong and we were really good together. But for me personally, I, I had, I had some, I had some roadblocks and potholes that I had to run into with stuff kind of surfacing. So when I had removed myself from the busyness and the chaos of my day-to-day life in Los Angeles, there was this spaciousness and in that, and stillness. And in that stillness, a lot of dark stuff came up and needed to be released and let go and old ideas and beliefs. And so I would color those as potholes because they really, it was a very bumpy ride. There's been a lot of turbulence and a, a lot of emotional release and, and a lot of willingness to, to just stand that what might have served me when I was younger isn't serving me now. It's holding me back. It's creating roadblocks where I need freedom. Um, and that came in the form of all sorts of epiphanies and moments of awakening, um, just regarding all, all kinds of things from my younger life. Um, I happened to be raised in a family that was riddled with alcoholism and drug addiction. And I realized one of my survival instincts was people pleasing and making everyone okay all the time at the expense of my own well-being. And I really got in a moment this, this clarity that it's not true. It's not my fault. I'm not responsible for anyone else. I'm only responsible for myself. And I, I had to be willing to let go of holding on to this idea that, that everyone around, that was responsible for everyone around me. Um, and only until I was willing to let go of that could I actually have the capacity to, 
to to pull those arms in and around myself. Does that does that does that relate? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Those potholes are so you, you know because when you're driving, you really don't see them until you come upon them. Right. Or you feel them <laughs> as far as like like what was that? <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> to to purge yourself and let go of it sometimes is harder than it is to hold on to it Absolutely. because you know I um I remember um, watching Peanuts Charlie Brown series and my favorite character in the Peanuts series was Linus mm. and. I love Linus, and you know, because he had that nasty, gross, disgusting blanket. <laughs> yeah. Some of my potholes were like the blanket because it was gross and it was dirty and it was disgusting. But I found comfort in knowing where those potholes were. And we yeah. like routine and we like security, whether they're bad or they're good. We love them. And yes. to let go of that blanket and put it in the washer to be washed is a scary thought. So absolutely. What, <laughs> so when you put those um, scary thoughts in the washer, what tools or what mechanism did you use? That's a really good question. I think that the the thing that was the the catalyst to me being able to do what you're describing. Um, was to understand that I had been clinging on to a lot of it out of familiarity, which when you talk about Linus, I think about that, like it doesn't matter how filthy that blanket was, right? It's just, he was identified with it so strongly. And I think I identified with all of my trauma and I did identify with all of these beliefs that I had. And, and I, I talk about the scarcity mindset because that's one of the biggest pieces for me. And one of the things that I had to be willing to do and, and the way that I was able to put it in the wash, as you say, um, was to put myself in positions over and over again where I was falling into trust. I'll give you a very radical example. I did something I never thought I would do in a million years. I did it because I wanted to be courageous because I knew that it would it would offer me freedom um, from being afraid, and I, I jumped out of a plane. Um, <laughs> I decided to go skydiving, and it was it was incredible. And it was very extreme. So that was that was sort of a, a very extreme action that I took. And then on the subtler side of it, I, I did a medicine journey with a shaman. I, I stepped into really facing my fears. I was willing to walk out on the edge and just be alone with myself and with nothing else to identify with, with nothing else to protect me, with no story, with no excuses, um, and to be very raw and naked in just being with myself as I am and understanding that that's enough. And until I could embrace that, then I wasn't able to let go of the blanket. I wasn't able to, 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 to navigate around the potholes or at least be with them when I hit them with any real grace. So as the, um, as the blanket came out of the wash and you discovered the new you, how much are you in love with the new you now? I am so in love with the new me. I, 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 I can say in a way that I was never able to before in my life that I really, really, really love myself. And I really, really cherish this, this beautiful soul inside of this body. And I care for her very, very deeply. 
and it took all of this change and all of this all of this crazy journey and this roller coaster ride, you know, to arrive at that place where I, I truly do put myself above all else because I understand that that's the most important relationship I have in the world. And and that's so true. And like you, I did a similar um, journey and road trip, um, not as physical as you going from California to um, New Mexico and other places in between. But that road trip is so challenging and so worthwhile. You, you know, when the now ex-husband asked for the divorce, I felt angry, hurt, disappointed, failure. Mm-hmm. And today, um, eight years removed from the divorce, and I use it as a tool and as a reminder of my growth and my emancipation because mm-hmm. I don't think I would have stepped out into courage or into my authentic self had he not done that because I was so safe with my blanket and they didn't serve me. And two things, two questions, and I hope that you in some fashion ask yourself similar questions, but two questions I ask myself whenever I'm faced with a choice, a decision or an opportunity. One is that I always choose in favor of my passions. And I know what my passions are. And number two and three, I always get things wrong. I'm dyslexic, so it doesn't bother me any when I get them wrong. But number two and three is the two questions I ask myself is, one, does it serve me? And the second question, does it take me closer to my goal? And both answers need to be yes. One can't be yes, serves me, and no, it doesn't take me closer to my goal, and I do it. That doesn't work. So they have to be yes and yes. You know, I I took a certification a few years ago for the passion test where I help others, invite others to discover their top five passions. And one Mm. of the section or in, in it, um, was that they drew a heart and, you know, what's the common word that's always inside of a heart? Love. <laughs> that is love. true, but there's a word. And mm. I love me and I love you. Mm. And, and it can't be I love me or I love you. That end must be there. Um, When you say love or believe in love, it's the end because it's not a one-way street. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. So, you know, know, I know we're coming close to the end of our time here and, and stuff like that, but the one thing I can stress is always remember that the best thing is to love yourself and 
others too. Don't don't put an or in there. I love me or I love that person because it won't serve you and it won't take you closer to your goal. Absolutely. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Thank you. You're quite welcome. So, you know, some of the things that we try to focus on on this podcast or this radio show is to say, align your three voices, which is the heart, the head, and the public voice of your mouth. Self-acceptance is so important. Kyle was talking about her self-acceptance as herself and how she found and now is in love with herself. Self-care. We can't take care of others if we don't take care of ourselves. Absolutely. And I hear her, she's telling us how much she's living in joy and fulfillment with her life and with herself and her partner. And I'm and I'm gonna make the assumption that life and and life with her partner is so much better. Yes. <laughs> uh, even though I'm not gonna go on that road trip, but I believe it's so much better because you can give to your give of yourself more freely that you know yourself and you know your limits. Right. I mean, and, a big part of self-love is, is, is appreciating your limits and your, I mean, everything that's wonderful about you and, and everything that's flawed and real, right? And, and celebrating that in yourself and each other. Exactly. 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 And, you know, the last thing that we try to focus on is um, the confidence to live the life you love. It doesn't yeah. have to work for anyone else on the planet but you. And when you're in love with that, it's like beautiful. There's a movie about that, right? Which movie? Life is Beautiful, I think, or something oh, yeah, is beautiful. Oh, yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There's I a movie, Life is Beautiful. I'm not sure if it's the one you mean, but yeah. <laughs> I'm not I, sure. I think it's like... Go ahead. I think that was gonna say. I think that the most important piece for me about this whole transformative experience over the last year has been willing to let go of just willing to embrace a paradigm shift and willing to to let go of conforming to uh, these these old ways that we as a society sort of have about this is what life is supposed to look like. This is what work is supposed to look like. And instead, leaning into my heart and, as you mentioned, the union of my heart and mind and voice. And, and letting that be the guidepost for, for what's next and, and what's carrying me forward. And I absolutely do ask those questions. Um, yeah. Is it going to get me, is it going, is it for me? Is it going to take me closer to my goal? I do that about everything. And that's a very critical place to start with, with each decision that I make. Thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Now I, you know, we only have about two minutes left. So um, in sharing your wisdom, Kyle, what are three things that you would suggest or recommend us that we should think of or could think of as we embark on the journey of learning who the true me is? Yeah, that's a great question, and I I, I do have things to share. The first I would say is to practice radical truth-telling. That's a phrase I got from one of my coaches, and it's been the most powerful thing for me in my own journey, especially in the last eight months, just to be really radically honest with yourself because we can't hide. You can hide from other people. You can't hide from yourself. And I'm talking about getting in the mirror and telling the truth. 
and then facing that truth and acting on it. And that brings me to the second tip, which is to take 100%, sorry, 100% responsibility for your life and own that you create it in each moment and wield that agency to change your life if it's not working for you. Um, and, and a part and parcel to that number three would be to be willing to give up what's holding you back, whether that's a habit or multiple habits, relationships, old beliefs, old ways of being, old stories. You know, I'm the guiltiest of all about carrying my trauma around on my back like a big old rock. You know, it was my story for so long. It holds me back, clinging to things. So be willing to give it up, whatever it is that's holding you back, whatever it is that's putting boulders in your path, let it go. That's what I got. <laughs> oh, my God. I love those wisdom thoughts. Thank you Thank for you. those. You're welcome. I, I – Thank you. I don't know any other words to say other than thank you for those thoughts because, you know, when we own 100% of who we are and what we are and be authentic and honest, you know, if you don't tell the truth to yourself, who's going to tell it to you? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know, think about it, you know. You got to be you in whatever capacity and show up in whoever, wherever you are, and and be proud of it. Now I, that's what I say to myself. Somebody told me the other day. I, I won't tell you the long story, but short story was that she said, "You're greedy, Heather," and I said, "Thank you." <laughs> I own it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. <laughs> you know, but, you know, thank you, Kyle Hollinsworth, for being here today on Your Life Roadmap with Heather Mahoney. You can find us here every Tuesday at 1 p.m. and Blog Talk with me, Heather Mahoney, and we will see you again next week. And once oh. again, thank you, Kyle Hollinsworth, for being here today and for sharing your amazing road trip with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pure pleasure. Thanks so much. All right. Take care of you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.